Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast from Awakening Church. you today and we know that you're going to give her clarity of thought and that you're going to speak to us god let us know exactly what it is you want us to hear and exactly what it is you want us to do in jesus name amen amen thank you all who don't take pictures (laughs) we have such a rich history it's hard not to get emotional when we talk about everything that we've navigated um I'm trying not to be nervous. And I know all (laughs) y'all. I was looking back over my notes and um, I was pulled back. God reminded me of when Rick Curry was here and he just said a a profound statement uh, towards the end of his sermon. He said, the seed of awakening is in you. And I've just been kind of mulling over that. The seed of awakening is in you the pop of the house coming in and saying that. And then just the week after that, Ryan did so well, acknowledged the trauma that we've been through. And I look back at the seat of the awakening and here we are having to address the trauma. And I just wanna give a little bit of my journey before I dig right in. And I feel like our family has just been through a lot the past year. I know everybody has, but I'm up here so I get to talk about mine. <laughs> uh, with the loss of, uh, a family member, trying to build a home in the middle of that and just navigating some of the normal things of that. And then my father having a life-threatening event, we just felt really discouraged and overwhelmed. And it was poignant moment when we were able to stand together, together as a body and say, we have experienced trauma just the week after as the seed of awakening is within you. And I've just been mulling over that and I'm like, God, what? What are you trying to say to me? How do I overcome this discouragement? And you know, and he, right after that, I was, he was speaking out of Nehemiah, he took me to Nehemiah and I've just been, I'm gonna talk more about that. But last week, again, he did so well about moving us. Okay, so now we're talking about apostolic family. We've identified the trauma. Now we've got to be whole. And I really feel like the Lord was, has been leaning into me. And I am a veteran Christian. And I think you know what that means. <laughs> I know the word. I know you know the word. We aren't new to his word and his scripture. And so God, I'm like, I'm good, right? I'm good. I, I know the word. And I felt like he was saying, but are you fully whole? And are there things that maybe we haven't? addressed together and I'm like oh because the seed of awakening is within you and when Lisa was talking today I just really felt like him pulling me back to that seed of awakening is a seed requires soil and it requires water I believe that we are that soil and if it's not good ground it doesn't matter how much water you get and the Lord is saying I'm the water and I'm coming but I need your soul to be ready. I need your soil, your soul, however you want to word that. And so I just feel like, feel like today, and like Ryan said, we're, we've been doing this a long time. We are really amazing people, and I do, but there are some adjustments we can make to really be a people that sees awakening in our lifetime. I want to see that. I don't want to build a building just to have a Sunday service. I'm, I'm done doing that, and I think a lot of you are too. And it doesn't mean anything if every time I go through something bad, I just feel the same way. It doesn't mean anything. You know, we have visions of hospitals being emptied. They're not. And I I feel like God is, it's not a downer. It's God saying, I'm inviting you to something more. So I want to turn to Nehemiah. Chapter 4. I'm going to be in verse 10, but I kind of want to just give a little bit of a backstory. I love history. I'm going to try not to geek out. And so, Nehemiah, where we're at is everybody knows the Jews were conquered by the Babylonian, Babylonian Empire. They destroyed the walls, burned the gates. For 150 years, even after the exiles returned, the wall was not able to be restored. There are exiles, approximately, the exiles returned, and there were people there for at least 90 years, and still no one 
had built the walls back. It's an unfortified city. An unfortified city in those days, you're talking about assault. You are talking about um, health crisis. These foreign cultures able to come in. You can't accrue wealth. You can't have anything of value. We know from later chapters they were dealing with oppression and slavery just to survive. There was a survival mode here in the Jewish culture. So they, those walls had never been re rebuilt. So we get to Nehemiah, 150 years after the fall, approximately 90 years after the people came back. And he hears from his brother, the walls still aren't rebuilt. And Nehemiah, now a cupbearer to the king, someone of authority is grieved. His family probably never saw the walls fall. His parents probably never saw the walls fall. Somewhere down in the generation, though, somebody saw it fall. And it became an indigenous problem that no one decided to deal with. And so Nehemiah, his first response is to pray. For four months he prays, and he sets himself to prayer, and then he gains the ear of the king. The king not only says, that's a good idea, but he says, I'm not only going to do that, I'm going to fund it. I'm going to send you, and you're going to do it on, for me. That's the first miracle, and I didn't even want to talk about it. <laughs> and so Nehemiah goes. He does like the king has said, and he gets to the wall, and like, like Ryan talked about in February, he started to assess the trauma. The trauma of the wall was so bad that he got halfway around, couldn't get any further, turned back around, tried to go the other way around the wall, couldn't do it, came back, and he's like, all right, guys, we're going we're gonna to rally the people, and we're going to build the wall. And they set to build the wall. And so that's where I want to start. So the people, the Jewish people are beginning to rebuild something that has been a 150-year problem. It's been generational. It is something that has become normal in society. The other cultures were familiar with this, and this is how they started to cope. The people were used to living like this. Okay? So we're going to start. Nehemiah 4. Or I don't know if I can read that. I'm going to read here. Then Judah said... The strength of the laborers is failing, and there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversaries said, they will neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. So it was when the Jews who dwelt near them came that they told us ten times from whatever place you turn, they will be upon us. I want to pause there. I feel like in this moment that that's kind of where we can stand. I see, just to give you a visual, I see like the wall. We've started rebuilding the wall, but we've got the rubble on this side that we haven't quite dealt with yet. And we're trying to do something really powerful. There, there I think we as a people do really good about um, leaning towards wholeness, but not always towards fullness. And we begin to rebuild things, but we decide not to deal with the heaviest parts. And they start to rebuild this wall, and suddenly they're like, oh gosh, there's a lot left. <laughs> I gotta do, I don't know if I can do it. I'm tired and I'm weary. And it's just too much, it's discouraging, it's discouraging. And the enemy is like, oh no, you really are building a wall. <laughs> you can't do that, because then I can't come into your city and do all the things I wanna do. And, and suddenly the people are frozen in that moment. And I just think of where we have been in that trauma moment. And I think about how we really have, as a body, achieved some level of wholeness. But I feel like in this process that we've been in, we're kind of in this moment as we acknowledge the trauma that, man, there's some things that we have not addressed yet. And I think it's the goodness of God saying, hey, there's a fullness there. And the reason I know that is because I've talked to you and I can hear anxiety. And that's not part of fullness. I can, I can hear. Sorry. I can hear. They're encouraging me. And I'm trying, I'm trying not to get distracted. I, for me, in my journey, I feel like some of the things is destructive thought patterns. And I, I want to say that out loud because as a veteran Christian, I'm going to say that. I'm not to be cliche. I feel like sometimes we don't deal with always the big ones. Yeah. 
let's, you know. But there's moments that I do deal with getting stuck in my head. And it is destructive thought. And I feel like that's something we all easily do. And I, I feel like God is saying, I want to call that out because there's a better place. And there is a fullness and a wholeness there that we can't achieve. And so as I, I want to read further, because I, Nehemiah did such a good job of giving us some tools. Nehemiah is a phenomenal leader. He's not like David where he's very poetic in his writing and a lot of flowery things to say. He's just straight to the point. He's like, this is what we're going to do. And I'm going to say it in one sentence. And so Nehemiah chapter 4, we're going to read on 13 to 14, because even though these people are overwhelmed, discouraged, Nehemiah brought hope. We don't stay there. And so I'm going to read on. Here we go. Therefore, Nehemiah is saying this. I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings, and I set the people according to their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, the leaders, and to the rest of the people, here it is. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. I believe that that's what God is telling us right now in this moment. I believe the seed of awakening is within us, and if we can latch on to this, when that bubble bursts, it's going to be a harvest we can't contain. And so I feel like the Lord just brought me four things I want to directly address out of that. And the first thing is, he said, remember the Lord. And before I talk about that one, because I'm a speaker, I want to talk about last. So I'm going to go on to number two. The second thing, I like to call it, call it like it is. And it's recognizing the strategy of the enemy. And this is the one where I feel like I get hung up on the most. Because the people said, we're too tired. There's too much rubble. I can't do it. And Nehemiah said, don't be afraid. His response was he recognized that this wasn't about them being tired. It was about fear, having a stronghold in this moment. And so I just, I just want to say that I feel like for us, this can be the hardest one because we all know the language of the Bible. And just specifically talking about discouragement, it's easy to be discouraged. But in the Hebrew, it literally says discouragement is translated as it weakens their hands. And I, and I just want to say discouragement is still, it's a strategy of the enemy to steal your strength. And so I, I think practically what the Lord has helped me with, because in this moment, when we've walked through some very, just trying to heal over the trauma and kind of directly address the trauma, I just felt like some things were coming in my head and he's like, hey, is that me? Is God God's saying, is that me? And Because I feel like the enemy, he does a really good job of pulling our focus inward. So we'll isolate. And he pulls us horizontal so that we get really concerned about other people. And we get really concerned about being offended. And we get concerned about the discord between us. And, you know, and he pulls us inward, like, now my cycle's going, and I'm mad at them, and I can't do this, and, <laughs> and it's like church drama. <laughs> but it is, the, it, is, it is a plan of the enemy to steal our focus from the vertical. And so I just, I think there is something powerful when we can say, man, I'm tired, and the Lord be able to speak to us and say, no, that's not what that is. And so one of the tools, and we, know, we all know this passage. I'm going to ask Brady to throw up anyways because I like to read it. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. And what he is saying to me is anything that I'm walking through in response I'm having, does it reflect this passage? Can you put it up there, Brady? I didn't write it down. I wanted to do the Passion Translation because I think it's, it's better. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails. I mean, I think it speaks by itself. But... I think sometimes we approach that, oh, gentleness of heart, strength of spirit, never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I think sometimes we create them as check boxes. 
I am good at loving. I need to work on some of the others, right? No, but we create them as checkboxes. I do good at that. And I think it's more, it should be set more as a gauge rather than a checkbox. When I am feeling something, I can set it next to this. If this is the fruit of the Spirit, if this is the fruit of the Spirit, if what I am got in my head right now, does it line up with that? I mean, it's easy, but we don't, we don't do that. We don't. If I'm offended, I don't see it on the list. So maybe that's not how I'm supposed to act. I don't know. I mean, if, if I'm anxious, I don't see it on the list either. I just, <laughs> I feel like God is saying the seed of awakening is in you, but we have to make the, the dirt good. And I, it's the simple things. It's the simple things that we overlook because we've been doing it forever. Me too. We get overwhelmed with a building project and suddenly I'm like, can't sleep. And, and I'm like, oh, peace is on that list. Is what I'm doing on the day-to-day reflect the fruit of the Spirit in me? Is the way I walk reflect the Holy Spirit that's in me? And I think we can all say sometimes. <laughs> but I think, I think there's a special invitation for awakening. And I'm not just being partial. I, I do believe that we have an assignment. And with an assignment comes strategy. And it, and it comes direct order. And it causes precision. And it, it, is a, it is a higher expectation. And I feel like we have the ability to really walk into that. Because the seed of awakening is in us. He didn't say that Louisville would be the most safe city because it was pretty or because it sounded right. And he didn't say it in a city that has a lot of problems just because he thought it was a good idea. It's because you and I carry the seed of awakening. And so I think I, I just really want us to start on the day to day that Galatians 5, 22 through 23, when we are experiencing something, literally use it as a gauge. That would be my one tool. If I'll send you home with anything, super simple. Don't forget it. <laughs> Don't forget the passage because we said anger. It isn't there. And side note, the, one of the greatest enemies in this building project was called Sam Ballot, Sam Belt, something like that. His name means translated couple variations, secret sin. But it also means sin is vilified or sin lives. And it is also could be related to uh, the Sumerian God. So it's an idol worship name. That was the leader. And I don't think it's coincidence that the one leading the attack was something we do in secret. Because I think we as good Christians, we don't always live our mess out loud. But we can live it in our head and in our destructive patterns, in our thought processes, secret sin. And I think God is saying, call it like it is. It's not fear. It's not anger. It's not offense. We need to live by the Spirit. The third thing, the third and fourth thing I kind of want to talk together, about together because I, I really just want to spend a little more time on the first one. The third thing is fight. He told them, do not be afraid. Remember the Lord great and awesome and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. When I see awakening, I see an army. And I think there are moments when armies are built in boot camp. And it's other times when we're contending for something. And I know we're contending. And I know we don't always feel like we're warriors, but that's what I see when I see you. And you are strong, powerful people. And just because we're in the middle of building a wall or tearing down generational things or addressing devastating trauma, it does not steal the strength. The enemy does that. 
He weakens our hands, but the Lord doesn't. He empowers us, and he puts a sword in our hands. And I want to say whatever you're facing, whether it be marriage, economic, generational, you were created for war. Ephesians 6.12, right? That's where, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers against the rulers of the darkness of the age, spiritual hosts of witnesses in heavenly places. Our warfare is not here. The enemy is going to pull us inward. He is going to pull us to kind of keep our focus horizontal with each other. When we move vertical, that's when we begin to see the Lord, but that's when we begin to fight. Right? Right. So that goes, what were they fighting for? They were fighting for family. Whatever trauma that you're addressing, it's not about you. It is not about you. I'm going to give a personal testimony. Try not to cry. Josh and I had some significant marriage problems several years ago while being in this house. The world would say we should have got a divorce. And we began to contend for wholeness. I'm not even going to say we contended for marriage. But we contended for wholeness. And in the process of contending for wholeness, dealing with the mess, he restored something unrestorable. But when I got up every morning, I wasn't looking always where I should be at the Lord, but I can tell you I was looking at my kids. And when we began fighting for something, the Lord began to show me, and I know he showed him, the generational things that we were breaking, it wasn't just for me and him. It was for my babies. It was for their husbands, their wives. It was for other marriages in this church that needed a testimony of his goodness. When we get stuck in a mess, We do such a good job of coming inward and really taking note of what is happening to us. But when we do that, we forget about why we're here. And God doesn't speak the language of self. He speaks the language of family. It's for your children. When you conquer cancer, it's not just for you. It's for your babies. When you're rebuilding a marriage, it's not for you. It's for the children. It's for the people who need to see that the Lord is good and capable of restoration. When we conquer anxiety, it's not just for you. And I know we know that. I know we know that because we talk, we're good at talking the language of the Bible. We're good at talking about the language of awakening. But I just think sometimes we just get caught in our trauma and we don't do it. So I'm going to talk about, I'm going to move on to number one. The number one thing that I feel like God just, he's really been walking me through. And honestly, we've been doing it for a couple weeks, low key, remembering the Lord. In my journey, that's where, and I'm talking about years, just trying to be who God has called me to be. I think remembering the Lord has been um, the greatest thing he has taught me. And I don't mean just uh, that was a good memory. I I mean being that intentional moment with God. Let's sit and remember this with your perspective. And that's hard, because in the middle of a mess, I don't want to do that. I'm mad. (laughs) But there's something powerful that happens when we remember with the Lord. You know, you were talking about it today, the incense. You know, um, I think there's tons of scriptures that we can talk about remembering with the Lord. Um, Deuteronomy 8, 17, 18 is one. You know, remember lest you forget. 
keeps us humble. It keeps us thankful. My favorite one always, and I've said it in my devotionals, Job 42, 5. And it is, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. There is something that happens we will remember with the Lord, and it gives us the ability to see him for who he is and to see him rightly. And I just want to give a little analogy for that. I'm not going to be long today, see? <laughs> I'm almost done. I want to give you an analogy. All the Disney lovers out there. Yes. So you get into Disney, the iconic castle. We've seen it on movies. We've seen it in every commercial. And as soon as you, I don't know if you've been to Disney, but as soon as you walk in, they built it where literally your, your line of sight is straight on that castle. And I can take it all in. I'm like, man, that's amazing. And it looks so big. But I have to wade through a lot of distractions to get up on it. But when I get on that castle, there is no way at the back of the park I can appreciate the size and the artisanship till I'm right up on it. And suddenly I can't even take it in with one look. I have to move my head from side to side and I just have to just, I never knew they could build something like that. We've talked about it, we've seen it in the movies, and there's no way it does it justice. And that's not even walking inside it. And I feel like God is saying, when we remember, it takes us from the back of the park, and it walks us through, and when we deal with the trauma and the distractions, and we get right up to his feet, he is bigger than we could have even we can't even put it into words. We can't even take it all in. And I say that because I know we don't live like that because we still have anxiety and offense. And, and we, do we walk out that this is the big God who's bigger than anything? And so I, I really... Um, in this, in this uh, prepping for this, I wanted to do something a little different. I hope that's okay. But I really felt like he wanted us to remember together. Not necessarily the same mem memory, but just remember together. And I want to be intentional about how we remember. And I'm going to tell you how we're going to do it. But I feel like God is calling us to remember his holiness. I don't know if we can truly appreciate all of God's character if we don't appreciate his holiness. Because holiness is the foundation for everything that he is. When we talk about holy, we talk about he's different. He is supreme. He is superior. He is unique. There's nothing greater than him. There's nothing above him. There is not a trauma that is greater than him. COVID is not greater than him. Government is not greater than him. Those checks in the mail aren't greater than him. <laughs> Anxiety and cancer is not greater than him. And I don't know if we always walk that way. And I feel like God is saying, I want you to see me the way I am. And I want you to see me for the great big God that I really am. The passage I love, Psalm 113, 4 to 6. Let's see. We all know this one probably too. It's a good one. You got it? Psalm 113. Oh, the Lord is high above all nations. His glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God? Who is like the Lord our God? I'm going to say again, who is like the Lord our God? Who dwells on high, who humbles himself to behold the things that are in heavens and in the earth? The seed of awakening is in me, but it starts with his holiness and grasping the fact that I serve a God that is greater than anything I've ever encountered. And I think I'm done living in such a way where we don't reflect that. A light switch turned on for the disciples after his ascension. They'd been back to work. 
They weren't sure if Jesus was really coming back. But he did. And you know, they're still asking him, hey, God, what, when are you going to save them? What's going on? And suddenly at the ascension, a light switch turned on. I'm thankful that it was after because sometimes I'm like, if Jesus was here, I'd act better. It's not true. Because <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> he left. And then they're like, wait a minute. And I really think they began, the magnitude of his holiness began to seep in and settle on them to where his word really was greater than anything they'd ever encountered. And they began to pursue the things that he said to pursue. And it began to change a nation. And I think about this wall that Nehemiah was rebuilding, and I wonder if he knew that hundreds, hundreds, 500 years later, if it'd be the same wall that the Messiah came through to bring salvation. I wonder if he knew it'd be the place where the Holy Spirit just descended. God is holy. And so I just want to take a minute and I want us to remember his holiness together. Maybe cheesy, we're gonna do it anyways. Because I think there's something special when we can take a moment, moment and we can say, God, I, I know you're holy because I've encountered it. And I, I wanna share one with God brought to me when I, God was kind of leading me into this. Um, there's so many moments he has shown me. There's one particular, it was a camp meeting I was young, so I'm remembering it the way I remember it. There was a tornado coming. And the lights went out, the power was out, people were nervous. We knew it was coming, and all of a sudden, people are under their chairs. It is loud, but you hear prayer begin to start. And it just, at first, it was just like a freaked out prayer. <laughs> it was like, oh God, please don't. But something began to switch when we all began to realize we really do serve a miracle working God. And our prayers began to contend together. And I'll tell you, the prayers of the room switched and it became a holy roar. And you could hear the man yelling, it's jumping. And it was like the hand of God lifted the tornado up over the building and set it down on the other side. Name something else that can do that. Name it. Name it. Death can't do it. Offense can't do it. My marriage can't do it. Mental illness can't do it. Cancer can't do it. COVID can't do it, but a holy God can. A holy God can. And so I just want us for a minute, a couple minutes, I don't know. I want us to remember with God a moment when we encountered his holiness. Because I want to encourage you, this is the God we walk with every day if we choose to stand up right up next to him and see him. You can choose to be at the back of the park. He still looks good. But if we choose to be at his feet, we get to experience a fullness that's not available at the back. And so for a minute, we're just going to close our eyes. It's okay. I'm not the normal speaker, I can do it. I can do whatever I want to do. <laughs> so I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes for a minute. And I'm, God, we are at your feet. We no longer want to see you as less than but we are want to see you as the great big God that you are. Remind us of moments in our lives. Remind us of a memory where we encountered your holiness. 
as God gives you that memory, I want you to tell him back who he is, that he is holy. Holy God. You are greater than anything we have ever come in contact with. You are bigger than anything we face. we do that, let's begin to thank him that that is who he is. He is nothing less than holy. God, I thank you that you are bigger than marriage. God, I thank you that you are bigger than offense. God, I thank you you are bigger than brokenness. You are big, and you are supreme, and you are superior. He is holy. holy. He's so good. We have to walk with a posture that we've encountered a holy God. And I think he wanted us to just take a minute and do that because we don't do that. encourage you as we leave this building to walk with the posture that you encounter have encountered and will continue to encounter a holy God things seem trivial when you stand behind beside something that big wholeness is not a fairy tale when you stand beside someone that big He is holy, and I think if you leave with anything today, I want you to leave with the posture that you encountered a holy God, and he's the one that you're going to wake up to in the morning and go to sleep to at night.
And there is nothing you're going to counter tomorrow or have to clean up or the trauma we're going to have to face that's bigger than who he is. Who is like the Lord? Nobody. All right. Okay. Well, I love you all. So I'm going to pray as a group real quick. Because I just want to encourage you and love you. And just, I like to pray. I like to pray. All right. Jesus. I thank you for awakening. I thank you for this family. I thank you that I am standing with brothers and sisters who are seeds that hold the seeds of awakening within us. I thank you, God, that you have let us latch arms with each other, a strong people, warriors, that you are building to wage war in the heavens. God, I thank you that you remind us and are pulling us closer to you to take you fully in. A Job 42.5 moment where we don't just hear and act, but we actually see you for who you are in the fullness of who you are. God, I bless your people with the eyes to take you in, to remove the scales of trauma that have hazed their gaze, that they would be able to see you fully. God, I thank you that you are helping us make these slight adjustments to be able to walk into the fullness that you paid for. God, I thank you that there is no other God like you. God, I thank you that there's nothing bigger than you. God, I thank you that you are the one whom Dacon falls before. And we just love you, Lord. We just lift you up. And I bless your people to be able to walk with the posture of encountering your holiness. That they would, that this is just the beginning. And maybe they felt it was weird. But I don't care because I hope it begins to remind them on a moment by moment where they begin to pause and say, I forgot that. Or I didn't remember it that way. And God begins to restore the memory of encounters with your holiness. And I, begin, I pray that they begin to lift their heads and their eyes to you, God, as they begin to go face to face with the one who is holy. Help us remember as an incense to your throne that times and time again how you have been bigger than anything we have encountered. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <laughs> I told you she was packing. Wow, if we're going to walk in wholeness, we've got to get rid of destructive thought patterns. Was that not good? Re remember the Lord. Call it like it is. Fight and family. So good. So good. Wow. Wow. I want to take just a moment. Um, I just got some really, really bad news. And so we're going to pray. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, David Blair, he was the international youth director in the Church of God. He was the state youth director in Kentucky when I got into youth ministry. He just passed away. Um, mid-50s maybe he's a father a husband grandfather newly uh, a grandfather and um, he lost his mom last year to COVID related illnesses this was COVID related they found several other things he had some brain bleeds and I've been praying for David for several weeks now 
and specifically this last two weeks I've, I've said god don't don't let don't let this take him out don't let that be what it is and and so i i don't understand right we don't we don't understand why things happen in that regard i think the only proper response though is to pray the prayer of faith and so i want to know is there someone in here that's struggling with illness because in the face of this we're, we're, we're going to pray and we're going to believe god we're still going to believe God. So if, if you're having pain or illness or something going on, we're going to pray for the family, but then we're going to ask the Lord to bring healing in this room. And we're, we're, going, to, we're going to ask him to bring healing to the coronavirus, whatever that may be. So if, if, if you need healing, I want you to lift your hand. I feel like that, that, that this is a moment for that. Yeah, why don't you just stand? Why don't we all stand? Let's just all stand. And if you need healing, I just want you to lift your hands again. We're going to pray the prayer of faith. And we don't, we don't do this, we, we, we don't do this just lamenting. We do this because he said he's a healer. And regardless of the circumstances that we see, he still heals. So would you join me in faith? Can our faith rise in this moment? Father, in the name of Jesus, we don't understand we don't, we, we don't even know where to begin. I feel like I've quoted Psalm 62 more in the last year and a half than I've ever quoted it in my life. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. God, I pray for Janet right now. Pray for Brittany and Bruce. God, I pray that you would bring healing and comfort to this family. That you would overwhelm them with your peace. In Jesus name and as we look at this situation we realize that it in no way diminishes you as a healer and so we pray for healing in this moment facing this we pray for healing and we ask for a release of the power of the Holy Spirit in this room right now we pray the prayer of faith and you said in your word we hold you to your word that if we pray the prayer of faith that you would hear us and so God we pray the prayer of faith today I curse COVID in Jesus name I curse cancer in Jesus name I, I, I curse joint pain right now in Jesus name I curse muscle tightness in Jesus name I, I God I, I believe that you want to heal things that are happening even in the abdomen right now I, I, I don't even know what's going on but there's something going on in the abdomen and I believe that you want to heal that right now in the name of Jesus I believe you want to heal hearing in the name of Jesus I believe God that in this moment you are releasing the power of healing in this room walking up and down this aisle god i pray in the name of jesus that you would give us testimonies of healing that we would wave the banner of healing that we would wave the banner of your faithfulness god in every way and god i just pray right now for every person that will come to know that david has passed away today i pray god that you would reveal yourself as good as faithful as true in every way god we trust you and we believe you in the name of Jesus. So we just pray for healing right now. I pray for, I pray for documented healing to be released in this room right now in Jesus' name. I pray for documented healing to be the testimony that comes from today as we gaze at your holiness god may we not stand at the back of the park and just admire you from a distance but may we may we wade through difficulty may we wade through trauma in order to find ourselves gazing at your feet gazing at the one who is altogether lovely so we pray today that you would release the power of the holy spirit in jesus name in Jesus' name, amen. And I, I just want to pray this just a moment. I just want to pray for those that may be in the room who have struggled with destructive thought patterns and, and, and you felt as if uh, you, you had to get yourself right so that you could encounter the Lord again. I, I just want to remind you that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He's not waiting for us to get it right. And so, God, I just pray for those who may be struggling right now with destructive thought patterns. God, I pray that you would release a grace in this room to take every thought captive 
captive that would seek to exalt itself above the knowledge of Christ in Jesus name that you would renew our minds that you would give us the mind of Christ in Jesus. I, I feel that in the room. If that's you, I want you to just put your hands out just to receive right now. We break the cycle of destructive thought patterns in Jesus' name. We release wholeness. We release wholeness and acceptance in Jesus' name. We break the cycle of destructive thought patterns in Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for renewing the mind. May we live from the place of the renewed mind. May we live from the place of the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are of good report, think on these things. God, we just declare your word over destructive thought patterns right now in the name of Jesus and over cycles of destructive thought patterns. And we just, we continue to break the lie that it has to always be this way. We continue to break the lie that we have to always think the same things. We continue to break the lie that fear is a dominant spirit. We break that lie right now. Fear must bow its name to wisdom, and there is a spirit of wisdom. His name is Holy Spirit. And so we just release that in this room. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Freedom. Freedom. I release freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom from fear. Freedom from destructive thought patterns, freedom from cycles that seem to happen over and over again. We just break that right now in the name of Jesus. Yeah. You sent your word and healed them. Heather, release the word. Call it like it is. And now let it be healed in Jesus' name. You sent your word and healed them. So we release that today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, are you glad you came to church today? Amen? Yeah. Thank you. So good. Find Heather and let her know how amazing she is. God bless you. We're dismissed. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast from Awakening Church. You can find us online at awakeningky.com.